podcast with Dan and Scott. Hottest golf podcast, whether you like it or not. Fresh from back in the day when that's a put at the park. 7 a.m. PM special where they played after dark. From the birds to the focus to the losses and the win. Welcome podcast, patron to the show, lead the pen. Get busy golfing or get busy dying. Hottest golf podcast and the swing ain't lying. Yeah. Leave the pen. Welcome back, podcast patrons, to episode 143 of Leave the Pin Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dan. Had a great episode on hand today. It's been a little bit since Scott and I have been able to record, you know, the old saying, life gets in the way of living sometimes. Life definitely has, and, you know, golf's take a little bit of a back burner. But on the first day of spring, um, what better way to celebrate than to have another episode of Leave the Pin? So today's episode, Scott goes off a little bit on Brandel Chambly. We talk a little bit of Bryson. We talk a little bit of Jordan Spee, some Ricky Fowler, what's going on right now at the Honda Classic. Do a quick little recap of the Players' Championship. Um, i got to tell you this, this crazy story about this guy that I met online that collects golf baseball cards, golf cards, if you will, with autographs. Tell you about his collection. Um, then we'll get into some of the worst shots we've ever hit on course because if you recall the last two weeks we have seen some awful golf shots from the final round of the players to the first two rounds of the honda classic um as always this episode is brought to you by eagles and arrows go check them out eaglesandarrows.com i am proud to say that i'm going out to play tomorrow and on my driver my titleist driver is going to be my brand new monogrammed uh eagles and arrows head cover which is uh an augusta west membership exclusive so if you head over to eaglesnarrows.com and you get hooked up with the augusta west membership which is you know great in and of itself just being a member but the glove of the month that comes with it is like i said top notch um i can't say enough about those guys and what a great job grant does but that's going to be rocking tomorrow on the, the first full day of spring, if you will. Spring started at like 4.30 in the morning or something like that. So tomorrow's like the first full 24 hours of spring. Beautiful white head cover. Um, last name on it and everything. You know, I'm, I'm going to be out there making my double bogeys, but looking pretty damn good doing it. Uh, also on this episode today, I'm wearing a little bit of uh, a hoodie today because it's still a little bit chilly in the Northeast, even though it's 55 and I'd like to think it's 80. I've got this Discipline Apparel hoodie on, which uh, we're going to try to get the guys on the podcast. Not really golf-related at all, but very much in my musical genre-related. They're a straight-edge company. Um, For those that don't know, straight-edge out there, it's basically no drinking, no drugs uh, lifestyle, which is very contradictory to what a lot of golfers out there would be doing, but it's just another avenue for people to express themselves. And another way for uh, maybe people that aren't into golf, you know, kind of get into golf when they see real golfers wearing this stuff. You can check them out online, uh, Discipline Apparel, and on Instagram. Great company out of Colorado. They just got now with like five feet of snow. So there's not much golf going on out there. Um, but actually, Zach, who runs Discipline Apparel, owns his own gym out there. And one of the head trainers is really big into training golfers. They've got this big junior golf contingent and this collegiate golf contingent out there. And well, I want to have them on and really kind of talk about golfers as athletes. Um, we'll talk a little bit on today's pod about that. You've seen some guys take their shirts off lately at the Honda and, uh, I feel like they set the golfers as athletes mantra back a good decade or so. 
But uh, no reason for you not to be out there lifting, you know, living a good, healthy lifestyle while you're smashing balls and trying to drive it like Bryson. Uh, so without any further ado, here's Scott and myself, episode 143, Leave the Pin Podcast. Scott, oh, first day of spring, my man. It's it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Um, I can't wait to get out, start getting golf ready, because um, the time is upon us, and it's going to be golf season real, real soon. Um, it's probably about three weeks ago. I, you know, my neighbor was like, "Yeah, we're not going to get to play golf anytime soon," and both our lawns are starting to green up right now. So we'll be out pretty soon, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, when when we had this big snowstorm. Uh, literally, I, I looked at my wife and I said, this stuff is going to be around till April. And granted, we might have a patch here or there, but, you know, baseball's in full swing. Uh, you know, they got the, the middle school field for my son completely raked and, and ready to go. They've started their season. The courses are sending out emails that they're going to open. The range has been open. I've already set my schedule for the range. So, I mean, yeah, we're, we're getting there. I'm playing the goat track tomorrow. Uh, for nine holes, so that should be interesting. I'm wondering if all the greens are clear of snow uh, at this point in time, but whatever, right? It's going out, it's bashing the ball, there's some sun in the sky, green grass on the ground. Can't ask for anything better after three or four months of straight snow. You know, it, the other thing is, it's late March, so maybe it's not going to be a perfect round of golf, you're not going to get perfect conditions, but at this point, it's just about, like you said, going out, swinging the club, hitting the ball, you know what, if you got to pick up on a green because it's snowy, eh, you know, whatever, move on. I wonder I wonder if our listeners, like, and our fans that live in the South or out in California, I wonder if they shake their heads sometimes when, when, we, when we talk about, like, how awful hmm. the winters are here. I mean, just, you know, imagine living in, like, Georgia, South Carolina. You have no idea what an off-season is. You don't understand how you're course can turn into a sleigh riding track instead of a golf course you, there's no comprehension of that whatsoever yeah it's it's pretty funny you mentioned like the sledding like the the course i used to belong to actually both of the courses i used to belong to up here you know part of their like course history online both of them mention like oh you know there used to be sledding on the the fifth you know tee or you know on the the third tee at one of the courses it's like just a thing around here. It's like, well, which course, which which hole are we going to use for sledding? The yeah, third one has a nice, just... <laughs> uh, nice hill on it. Let's go out to that one. Okay, cool. It's just wild. It's yeah. it's it really is. But you know, the one thing, it's a double edged sword, right? For me, anyway, because you know, I I know that I have a, especially when it comes to golf, a very addictive personality. So I've been away from the sport for so long, and even though I've hit balls over the winter and set up the net in the garage and all that stuff, that's not golf, right? We all know that. And I get so addicted that I always tend to overdo in that first month or so, you know, instead mm -hmm. of, instead of being smart and being like, I go to the range two or three times a week for a small bucket or a medium bucket. It's like, no, nah, I'm at the range. We've got sun. The grass isn't covered right now. Let me hit 400 balls after not having swung a club more than 20 times in a row in, in four months. Like it's stupid and it happens right. every single year to me. Yeah, that's uh, my thing is, uh, you know, and I normally try and do it um, starting in January. I go every other week at a small bucket and then February I try and go every, you know, once a week, you know, small bucket again. And then usually by like March, now I'm like ready to start going like 
you know, kicking it up to a large bucket, you know, once a week. Um, but obviously, because of COVID, I haven't really been keeping up with the game that much. But I think it's time to start, like I said. So, yeah, so the range looking, I will probably go tomorrow. I like that. I'm looking forward to a good golf year for you and I. You know, I mean, for everyone out there, honestly, everyone deserves a, a fantastic golf year after the year that we've been through. Uh, all right, Scott. So let's let's get into some things that have happened over the last two weeks when we haven't recorded. Because you know, life kind of gets in the way of. Of recording. This isn't our full-time job. It's just a fun thing we do. Uh, Players' Championship last week. Justin Thomas kind of comes out of nowhere, steals the spotlight from Lee Westwood and Bryson yet again. Those guys are in back-to-back final groups two weeks in a row. It was kind mm-hmm. of insane. But uh, I think, you know, not only did JT win, and good for him and whatnot, think of what, think of him how you will or whatever. Um, you know, I, I have a my personal opinion on, on that whole situation is the fact that he was just caught under that microscope. You know what I mean? I don't think he was malicious. I think he was just caught under that Tiger Woods-esque microscope where everything you do is dissected. And then, you know, the way cancel culture is now, it's like, let's get rid of him. But it, amazingly, he's able to put all that behind him and win the players. And if you're anything like me, if my mind is not focused 100% on golf and there's something else that I'm worried about, my golf suffers. And right. for him to have the mental fortitude to use a wrestling term, if you will, the intestinal fortitude to uh, come back and win the players. Something, something special, a pretty good win, especially after his grandfather passed away and everything that he's dealt with, even though those injuries were self-inflicted. But to me, the big story of the players championship was the fact that you got to see front and center, awful golf shots by phenomenal golfers. Normally those things are missed because the guys that aren't playing well are never on TV. The guys that are playing well, every shot shown, and it looks like, Mm -hmm. you know, if you watch a Sunday on the PGA Tour on TV, CBS, NBC, Golf China, whatever, it literally looks like every single person is dropping 30-foot putts, wedging it to two feet, bombing 300-plus yard drives, right? It looks insane because you're seeing the top three or four guys that week at their peak. The players was the antithesis, Scott. It was these guys at the peak of their game for two weeks in a row. And let's be honest, they were hitting it worse than you and I would. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the best um golf uh, you know I've seen in a while. The but again, like you said, it's you know on any given you know week out on the PGA tour you know, there's got to be, I mean, I would think you got, you know, most tour events, like 150 guys. I would think there's at least 300 bad, like really bad shots out there for four rounds. Yeah, I could, yeah, I could kind of see that. That's two awful shots per player, you know, over the course of, you know, four rounds. Right. And and I think, and to add to that point, I don't think the shots have to necessarily be an enormous shank, but it could be missing a green from a hundred yards, right? It could be taking an over aggressive line. Like you know, let's say, let's say JT's tee shot on 18. Like, come on, dude got lucky as hell with that bounce, especially playing a rope draw like that. Look, I know because I literally play a rope draw as my go-to mm-hmm. shot. So I understand the old saying that like you can talk to a fade, but a draw will not listen. Because right. there are some times that the draw does not listen. And the fact that he got away with that, like that's that razor thin edge and luck 
as you know, Gary Player would say, it's better to be you know, the more that you practice, the luckier you get. It's that luck that kind of factors in. JT's tee shot doesn't take that hop and it spins into the drink. I mean, we could have had a three way playoff. Oh, definitely. And you know, again, that's the that's the calculated risk these guys are taking. And you know, they know their games really well. They know what they can and can't get away with. And they know when they hit that shot, like, if this goes bad, it's going in the water. So, you know, I, I give them a lot of credit because, you know, for me, a lot of times, you know, a tee shot where there's, you know, water in play, like that gets in my head and I start, you know, overthinking it. Whereas, you know, someone like JT or, or you know, Bryson at the Arnold Palmer Invitational, like, they're just taking it on. Like, I know I can do this. I know what might happen if I don't, but it's worth the risk to me. So right. I, I really respect that, and obviously that's why they're pros. They do it better than anybody, you know, and JT just happened to do it best that week. Um, let's buy and sell some stocks, Scott. It's been a while since we've been day trading on the PGA mm-hmm. Tour. So are you going to buy or sell Brooks Kepka? had to withdraw from the players. This this knee injury, this left side of his body injury, does not seem like it's healing, that he's going to be okay, that he's going... Look, right now, it does not look like he's going to be back to the Brooks Kepka we knew, you know, that won four majors out of, the, out, of, out of 12 or out of 16, whatever that was. Yeah, this has been... I'd say like a year and a half now for him, right? Yep. Yep. Easily. Easily. Yeah, that's that's disconcerting. And, and let me let me let me interrupt you real quick. A year and a half, and I'll tell you why it doesn't seem that long. Because COVID gave him some extra time. Right? right. COVID bought him some time where, you know, no matter what, injured or not, he couldn't have done anything anyway. So it was like, well, let's not worry too much about Brooks because no one's out playing. So no one's no one's gaining any ground on him, right? But I just feel like he's been losing ground to almost everybody month after month after month. And then, you know, I mean, call it what you will—a big tournament, a faux major, the players' major, call it whatever. But for you to withdraw from the players or any of the four majors, that—that's real, right? That's not missing the Texas Open. That's not missing. Um, you know, an, an early season event somewhere that's missing one of the top five tournaments of the year. Right. That's like one you would think like, unless there's something like completely disastrous, you try and get through it. Um, I mean, he did win at the waste management like a month ago. So, you know, there's that. Um, but again, this is, it, it feels like it just, it's lingering and I worry about, golf injuries that just linger because look at what happens to oh i don't know that guy named tiger mm-hmm. well you look the, the waste management i think i think it calmed some people down right it it, it it took some people's fingers off that self-destruct button but in the process of winning the waste management which is an elevated status tournament how much additional damage did he do that could have cost him more majors, more championships down the line. That's uh, the question that we know we can't answer right now. We won't know until years from now. Right. No, good point. I mean, look at look at Tiger, 
with the U.S. Open a Tory. It's legendary. I mean, it's it's literally goat status. It's insane when you think about that. If you've ever had any type of injury like that, it's astronomical. But it literally put him out of competitive golf. And I don't mean not playing tournaments. I mean being competitive in the final round of tournaments for a good five or six years. Because with that injury came rehab. With that rehab came another swing change. Right. And, you know, he did he did come back in, you know, right after in 2009 and had arguably one of his best seasons ever. But what happened after that was just a complete disaster. Right. Right. So uh, so with Brooksy, you're going to buy or sell right now? I'm going to sell. OK. All right. He's, uh, you know, if I was if I was buying him as an actual commodity, I think I'd buy him up in, in bulk right now because he's probably so cheap. Um, but we bought him in the past. So literally before he gets any worse, I'm going to cut my losses. I'm going to sell as well. Yeah. that And like I said, he's coming, you know, I guess it's maybe a month ago. He had a win. So, but I feel like it's just going to dip even lower. So I'm going to get what I can out of it now. And if it, you know, gets lower, then maybe I'll buy some up. But right now, hard, you know, definite sell. All right, next one on the stock ticker, Lee Westwood. Old man, career resurgence, won the European Tour Order of Merit, their money list last year, has his girlfriend slash fiance slash wife caddying for him, literally gives no Fs at all anymore, has said so, doesn't care what he does, puts no pressure on himself, goes home, drinks every night, could care less about anything, has gotten himself into fantastic shape, probably might be having the best nine to 10 month swing of his entire career, let alone anyone else out there in the world. Did we see him at the pinnacle right now, Scott, or is there still room for him to grow as a stock on tour? Uh, That's a really good question. I don't know that there's anyone in the world right now who's happier than Lee Westwood. Um, him and his, his girlfriend seem like over the moon with each other and just like, they're having a great time out there. Um, it's, t- it's tough. Cause he's, you know, he's probably like our age, if not older, right? No, he's, you know, he's, 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 he's yeah, gotta he's, be older than us. He's like 47 yeah. or something like that. Yeah, 47, 48. Let's uh, not that quickly, Scott. What's up? Yeah. No, no. But you know, uh, uh, if I had stock, I would hold it, but I don't know that I'd go up buying any of it right now. I'm definitely I feel like it's going to be, I feel like it's going to be inflated. Yeah. He's, I, he's 19th in the world right now. He dude, he's a tech, he's a tech stock, right? Mm-hmm. That is borrowing off of, you know, a hundred other people right now. I mean, I, if I own stock, I'm getting rid of it right now at its peak. When people are clamoring for it, right? They they've got Reddit subgroups right now mm-hmm. dedicated to to Lee Westwood stock to try to prop it up. I'm I'm out. I'm gonna give you a list of guys. I'm gonna give you three guys right now. You tell me which one of them is ranked ahead of Lee Westwood in the official World Golf Rankings. Okay, let's go. Okay, ready? Yep. Tommy Tommy Fleetwood. Okay. Max Homa. Kevin Na. Or let's do Tony Finau. All right. Um, 
Process of elimination. I know it's not Homa because I'm pretty sure he's only like 50 something in the world right now after the 37th. Win. Okay. All right. So he was like 50. He moved to 37 w- with the win in LA. Okay. Yeah. So he's out. Um, you know, Kevin Na has been winning and he's been, he's been top 10 in top 20 in here and there, but I'm also going to throw out Kevin Na 30th. Good. Okay. So now it's down to Finau and you said Tommy Fleetwood. Yep. So my first gut instinct, which which if you ever taken tests or the SATs, they say to always go with. As soon as you mentioned Fleetwood, I thought it was him. The problem is, I haven't heard anything about Fleetwood lately, so I'm still gonna go with Tommy Fleetwood. So I actually picked Tommy Fleetwood because again, most of his golf is you know played in Europe. Um, however, it is actually Tony Finau. Wow. Tommy Fleetwood is ranked 22nd. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. Finau's ranked 13th, which actually feels high for him, but that's feels very good. high. But but you got to think, Fino had a great run the last well, two months ago, well, almost top fives. Yeah, I was going to say three seconds in a row will do that to you. Yeah. Um, which is sort of the you know career summary for Tony Finau. It really is. Yeah, you know the Tony Finau, by the way, just you know because he's Tony Finau. If you look at his best performances in terms of world golf ranking points. The top nine are all second place finishes. Yeah, well, he's only got the one win. His Puerto one Rico, win is right? actually his 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 eleventh most um, points earned. Right, because that's an opposite field event there. Yep, that he won. Um, you know, I, I love playing the world golf rankings because <laughs> me too. That's why when, I did when, it. <laughs> when you're like when you're top three, I think it matters when you're top three, but. Outside of that, like when you start to get into guys in the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, I mean, even hardcore golf fans don't know some of these guys playing on the Australasian tour, Japan, or or the European tour, like guys that you only see every once in a while at a major. That is one of the reasons I love the majors is because you're always going to get a guy that no one's ever heard of, right? Or the the populace has Mm -hmm. never heard of this guy, yet he's ranked 52nd in the world. He qualified for the Masters on like eight different uh, orders of merit. Um, he qualified for the PGA on six different designation categories, but no one's ever heard of him, but he's a solid player because he happens to live in Spain or he lives in, you know, or, or whatever yeah, lives exactly. in Europe or, you know, in England or something. I mean, it's just, it's, it's wild. And I think, honestly, I think once you get out of the top 10, it's, it's a crap shoot at that point. Oh like, yeah. Totally. I understand a need for a qualification system. Because otherwise, how do you say that guys get into WGC events? How do guys get into majors? I understand it. But, I mean, realistically, you know, come on. Is the 17th guy better than the 30th guy? You know, maybe statistically, yeah. But put him on a course and all those things go away. Yeah, no, totally. Exactly. Well, and that's the thing. And, you know, the anyone in the top 100 is on any given, you know, weekend could theoretically go out and win. Sure. All right, two more guys for for our stock market, PJ Tour stock ticker. Go for uh, it. Uh, he who shall not be named, Big Boy Bryson. Buy, sell, or hold. You know what? Even though you got it's going to be buy high, and they, they never do. I, I'm still buying. Yeah, buy high, sell high, <laughs> whatever. I mean, the, that dude. Uh, I I don't love him. Uh, but. When he's on, he's on, and I feel like it's only going to happen. Uh, that 
you know, I, I could see, I, you know, theoretically, I could see him, you know, being in real good form for, you know, more than one major this year. I could go the cop out route and go the podcast route and say, I hate Bryson. Put on the shtick, put on the podcast act. He blocked us. He doesn't like us. He thought instead of us actually rooting for him, we were, you know, mocking him. I could go that route. But I can't, Scott. I, I don't play typical golf. I don't have a typical swing. So I love and am enamored with what this man is doing at on tour. I mean, he literally comes in with, look, I know he's a nerd. I know he's a goof. I, I, I know people hate him. But he comes in with like this punk rock FU mentality. Like, I don't care what you are doing. I am doing it this way. Do whatever mm-hmm. you want. You can't stop me. Like, I just, I love that winner's mindset. It's like a Michael Jordan mindset, right? It's like, look, put three guys on me. I don't care. I'm still going to shoot. I'm not passing it. You cannot stop me. USGA and your rules. You cannot stop me. PGA Tour, you know, put in internal out of bounds. It doesn't matter. You can't stop me. I'm going to do things my own damn way, and nobody can stop me. And I love it. I love it. He's the most talked about guy next to Tiger Woods. There are now people that don't even know golf that know Bryson. You know, oh, that's the dude that smashed it across the pond at Arnold's tournament. I saw that on TV. Or, you know, that's the guy that tore up Wingfoot. Or that's the guy who swings a club faster than anybody in the world. The guy who built like a linebacker. Mm. Right? Golf is entertainment. The PGA Tour is an entertainment spectacle. And when you get him in the final grouping two weeks in a row, there's more eyes, the numbers are better, and he makes things entertaining. Hell, he makes things more entertaining even when he hits bad shots. That's true. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah, again, I don't think I would particularly want to hang out with him, but he is definitely fun to watch, and he definitely can play the game. So in the end, isn't that all you want? That's it. I'm, he's he doesn't want to hang out with me either, so right. problem solved. I'll just watch him hit golf balls. We're good. We're good. This yeah. I mean, look, these guys don't need to be our friends, but they need to entertain us, right? Especially if we're paying money yes. for. It. And there's some guys that are, that are our friends. You know why? Because they'd be our friends in normal life, even if they didn't play golf. Yep, exactly. He's not one of them. No, no, no. All right. I, just want, I want to see him. You know, smash balls over you know lakes, and then you know do a little club flip and yell out, "Are you not entertained?" Yes. Yeah. Oh, real quick. Overrated or underrated? His two-hand celebration on Saturday, the first time he drove it over the, the lake there. Um, I, I'm going to go with neither. It was a celebration. It fit what happened. Um, I guess maybe the hype around it's overrated. As far as it being, you know, a celebration, I think it was... Right. It was cool. But it, you know, it doesn't need to be like again shoved down our throats. It was, it was like a if little... he starts do if he starts doing it on every tee, then it's obnoxious. <laughs> it's like a WWE wrestler's entrance, honestly. Yeah. If he does that, yeah, I, I'm gonna tell you what. It was a little bit too broy for me. You know what I mean? It, it played to that frat boy mentality and stuff, and that's mm. fine if that's your thing, but. That's not Bryson. Like, he's not. Like, understand, on on campus, right, he wasn't a dude that people wanted 
at their parties. Okay, so for him to placate to that mindset and those type of people now, especially since he's older and is an established professional, I found that aspect of it very corny. Um, However, for him to show a little bit of personality out there, I love that. Yeah, exactly. That it, again, it fit the moment. It worked for that. Let's just move on. All right, I'm not. Let's not make. Speak. Let's not make it a thing beyond right. the thing that it already has been. All right, agreed. I'm going to give you one last person. I'm not going to tell you his name right off the bat. You are going to tell me who it is, and then whether you're buying or selling. Sweet. This this quote was said about our fourth player on the PGA Tour stock ticker. This is from an analyst. Good news is if he misses the Masters, he can shoot another six commercials that week. Uh, so, the I, I mean, I know the player he's referring to, and I know who the analyst is. Are you asking me who I want to, which of those two I would prefer to buy stock in? I, you, nobody's buying stock in the analyst. He's an overhyped jackass. Tell us who the player is. The player is Ricky Fowler. Yes, sir. Um, I will take that stock. Right I na- think right now it's probably at a, an all-time low, and you know what? You know, I, it, it's going to go back up. Let's say Ricky Fowler at one point in time was like Apple, right? Mm-hmm. Apple, Apple now is sitting at like one twenty-five or something like that. Okay. Right now, where he falls, I think he's about $2.50 off of that $125 high per share. That's fair. He literally got called the wrong name when he was announced at the Arnold Palmer Classic. Which is odd because he was sort of, if I remember correctly, he was kind of like the uh like the tournament ambassador along with Sam yes. Saunders yes, the year he was. before. Yeah. It's it's it, you know it's mind-blowing first off it's mind-blowing to me how people involved in the game of golf that are doing jobs and functions related to professional golf don't know these people's names. And maybe the guy got nervous and it was a simple slip of the tongue possibly. And Ricky is so gracious that he just kind of brushed it off and was like whatever. But to the outside world, to the to the golf media, to the normal people watching outside, it, it was just like it was a, a light that was shine upon how far this man has fallen in the golf world. That's true, definitely. Um, you know what, though? Again, you know, life life changes. He got married. Yep. Um you know, COVID, all that, like maybe his game's just not in the, in a right, you know, good place at this point. Um, it's not like the talent left in, in my opinion. It's just a matter of him, you know, getting right. And, you know, I, I feel like with him, it will happen. And I'm, this, buy, I'm buying as well because I feel like he has a true love of the game. Yeah. And again, it's not the first, you know, these are the first like blips that he's gone through. Like, you know, he came out, you know, on tour pretty young. You know, it took him a while to kind of get his, you know, footing down. And then he did, and, you know, but it, it I, it's still, I think, just a matter of time for him. 
I'll agree on that. If I if I bet you a hundred bucks three years ago that Ricky was not going to make the Masters this year, you probably would have taken that bet, right? Oh yeah, sure, definitely. Right, and here we are now in 2021. He's ranked 81st in the world. He is on the outside looking in. If he doesn't win this week, which he's not going to. Nah. He's got one more chance at the Texas Open, which he never plays in, but is playing to try to get into the Masters. So that right there, you know, like if, if I'm buying, I, I'm buying a ton right now. Like I might be mortgaging the house on this dude because you don't see that often nowadays, especially with a guy that's literally made so much money off the course as Ricky Fowler has. This man has been like, no, like I'm trying to get into the Masters, okay, because mm-hmm. I – I love the tournament, I love the history, and I understand that all it takes is four good rounds for me to literally be immortalized, you know, in the annals of golf history. And he's he's adding the Valero Texas Open. So if I'm if I'm uh, you know an investor and I look upon that, I say, look, this guy's doing all the right things. Like he's trying to grow, put money on him. Yeah, my my biggest issue with with that you know take of of Mr. Faldo. Is that his implication? Is that you know Fowler would much rather let's just call him Nick. Nick, yeah, yeah, not Mister is too much, and the Sir Nick that's Mm. way over the top. Well, the implication is that Ricky would rather do a commercial than play golf, right? And that's why his game is suffering. I, I don't think that's the case. I think he, you know, does commercials because he's recognizable because of golf. Well, and the and the fact is, like, okay, let's be honest. People pick on Ricky all the time, right? And it's easy to hate. It's easy to call him, you know, a poser or whatever. It's easy to lump that on. There's not one person, Scott, out there listening in the golf world that honestly doesn't wish that they were in the position to have those companies come after them and pay them to do what Ricky does. Like, there's no way you can tell me the... 150th guy in the world wouldn't jump on the lowest of his sponsorships because he they would mm-hmm. and just and and every golf media person that's like oh Ricky does too much outside of golf and isn't focusing like screw that because you know for a fact if golf.com was like hey we want to sponsor you as a writer like that person would drop whatever they're doing and go work for golf.com or take a sponsorship from golf.com Right, and how much how much work is he really putting into some of these commercials? No, it's in like most a cases, shoot. yeah, in most cases, like all right, you know, we need you to show up here, you know, eleven o'clock. You'll be done by two. You know, all you got to do is like hold up this Titleist golf ball and say, you know, I, I love Titleist. And we're gonna do a couple takes. You think you can handle that? Sure, no problem. Yeah, okay, I great. All right, listen. I I gotta switch gears real quick. I'm I got Go the Honda. It. I got the Honda going on in the background. Mm-hmm. Bill is in jail of palm trees, um, taking full swings, literally carving this ball eighty yards around to the green. Then on the side of the green, there's some kid walking under the ropes through the fairway. The police are over there trying to escort him back to his mom. The mom is reaching out, but she's scared to go across the ropes. The Honda Classic is insane, Scott. Listen, that kid it's just a wants cluster. a piece of Phil. I, I can't blame him. It's a, it's an absolute cluster. Guys taking their shirts off. What Scott? What's the deal with that? We're 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 calling golfers athletes, 
And these guys are stripping down to nothing. And I think they're setting us back a few years as golfers being athletes. Wesley Bryan was nine over par yesterday. Mm-hmm. Nine over par, not even going, not even close to making the cut. Wades into six inch deep muck, right? Pluff mud to try to extricate his ball. It takes him two swings to get out of it, two strokes to get out of it, covered in mud. Dude, you're nine over. Your clothes are free. Okay, you didn't pay for them. It's not like you and I worry about. Oh, I got to stand on my favorite golf shirt. They don't care. Just throw throw the rain gear on for a why a why shot they, or two. Why are they stripping down? Especially look if you've got it, flaunt it. But if you're built like Wesley Bryant, why are you doing that? I uh, you know what they want Instagram followers. It must be. It must be. Maybe you know what, Scott? Maybe tomorrow. Maybe I'll do that tomorrow when See, I hit but it. You you could get away with it. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the difference. Oh my god! It's it's like a third guy this week. Guys, just declare it un. Look, Wesley Bryant would have been better off declaring it unplayable and taking the penalty because it took him the same amount of strokes to get out. Yeah, unless you're like in contention and that like extra stroke's gonna really make a difference. Because again, risk reward. Right. Uh, just declare it unplayable and drop it, it. It doesn't make a difference when you're nine over par with like six holes left. You're going through the motions at this point, right? Right. I I guarantee. Look, this is one of those things, and, and I I get this question all the time. People say, "Hey, when guys are like really off the cut line, you think they're gambling the last few holes with each other?" Absolutely. Oh, and definitely. I, I guarantee his caddy was like, "Dude, you're not going in there to get it." He's like, "50 bucks, I will." 50 bucks out of your bag right now. I'm stripping down to my boxers and going in. And the caddy probably flashed the 50, and he was like, that's it. We're done, dude. Close her off. I'm, 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 I'm jumping in. Doesn't matter. Yeah, you know what? That's, it's definitely possible. It's, the other thing is, it's like, you know what? If I do this and I get this shot out of here and I hit a good shot, I am definitely going to be on you know, ESPN Sports Center. I'm going to be on... The tours, Instagram, it's gonna get retweeted all these different places. Oh, for sure. Dude, he was on US he was on the Today Show this morning. Exactly. So there you go. That's why they do it. It's all Can't it's all about it. recognition. You gotta grow the brand, right? You are your own brand. Have, how many times have we see that the stupid Woody Austin, you know, shot where he, <laughs> he I mean, it's it's just like that. Yeah. And then he came back as Aquaman, right? Yeah, exactly. You want to catch you want to catch that viral moment while you can. Hey, I know uh, you know, we we're talking off air, and I know you had a little little bone to pick with uh Mr. Brandel Chambly, and and you know, to be honest, a lot of people have a bone to pick with him at times. Uh what's this new one about, Scott? So Dustin Johnson um Good friend of the pod. Good, great friend of the pod. Great friend. Um you know, decided, or I guess he says he he just never signed up. Uh, he's not in consideration to play in the Olympics. Is pretty much the the gist of it. So, being the number one player in the world, he was qualified. Um, I believe the top four Americans are qualified um, anyway. So, most likely, he would have been uh, able to play in the Olympics in Tokyo uh, if he wanted to but he never put himself into consideration. So he's no longer being considered uh, to play on the, the U S Olympic team. 
Well, if if you remember mm-hmm. back in 2016 when they were in Rio, he didn't want to go because first of the Zika virus and then second, I think, I want to say Paulina was pregnant at the time. So we kind of threw that right. in there. So, of course, Brandel Chambly, who has something to say about everybody. Well, uh, and, and you know what? He does get paid to do that. So True, true, true. But, uh, but he likes uh, to stick everywhere. Uh, you know, had to basically say, you know, well, you know, if, if you can, you know, take an appearance fee to play in Dubai, you can certainly go represent your country in Tokyo. You made a great point. Is uh, the Olympics about representing your country anymore if you are from one of the world powers? Well, even so, I maybe even uh, sure depends on the sport. It, it, the question is: Is the Olympics golf's like greatest stage? No, it's not even the tenth greatest stage. Not even close. So, let me ask you a question: If sure. there is somebody who has played in the Palmer Cup, the Walker Cup, the Ryder Cup, the Presidents Cup. Have they represented their country on a, a, a great stage for the game of golf? It would seem so. All right. Well, Dustin Johnson has done all that. So I, that's one, reason number one why I think this take is complete and total BS. Reason number two is the Olympics is not... Golf in the Olympics specifically is just an NBC money grab. That is correct. Because they there was there was no Olympics in golf or golf in the Olympics for uh, it's got to be over a hundred years. It, it was it yeah, was it's like one hundred and four years from like it, Chicago, right? The last time or something like that. St. Louis. It was in the night. The nineteen hundred Olympics, which is the okay. first modern games. And then in the 1904 Olympics, do you know how many countries were represented in that second Olympic Games, by the way, in golf? I'm going to guess eight. You'd be wrong. Two. Two. Europe. What was it? Was it Europe and and the U.S.? The United States and Canada. Oh, wow. Those were the the only two countries that were represented in the second Olympic Games in golf. The right, United was, States. That, first off, let me. That, that was stupid of me to say Europe. I'm thinking like Ryder Cup stuff. Obviously, it would have been England or Spain. I knew what you meant. Yeah, yeah. Wow, just Canada and the U.S. Do you know how many countries of that? Well, there there was two stages of competition. There was a a singles competition, individual, and then there was a team competition where that actually seems pretty cool. By the way, it seems like they got like a bunch of the regional teams around the United States, and then they competed against each other. Well, see, first off, that's what we need. And we talked about it last time. You know, obviously we weren't around in 2016, but we've talked about it before where you need something different, okay? Mm-hmm. These players are, are not going to want to travel, especially in this day and age of COVID. They are not going to want to travel to Japan to go play a stroke tournament. It's the same thing. In, in, the, middle, in the middle of the PGA Tour season. Correct. In the middle of a pandemic. Right. So here, if I'm Dustin Johnson, this is, these are the things that are like weighing on my mind 
when I have to do this. Okay. There it's in the middle of the PGA tour season. There's a, a, I guess a major event. It's not a major, but I guess it's a world golf championship. The, the following week, which I guess he feels obligated to compete in. Oh yeah. Because it's guaranteed money and guaranteed ranking points. So obviously he's going to choose that. He has a very young family. Does he want to travel to Japan in the middle of COVID? Now, mind you, he's probably traveling private. Participate in this competition, which in all honesty, probably really doesn't mean much to him. And in all honesty, isn't really representing your country. Let me ask you this question. Or does he want to take a week off and hang out with his kids? Okay, perfect. Let me ask you this question. I have a third, a third thing that I think plays into this too, but go ahead. Okay, real quick. What does Dustin Johnson do for a living? He plays golf. Okay, what do you do for a living? Uh, I am a teacher. Okay. Dustin Johnson gets paid to play golf, correct? Correct. You get paid as a teacher, correct? Absolutely. Okay. Dustin Johnson is offered an opportunity to do a job that he gets paid for normally for free. Yes. With me? Your school district comes to you and says, Scott, for a week in the summertime, I want you to work a full-time job. I am not going to pay you for it. But during the school year, I am going to pay you for that same thing. Mm -hmm. That is exactly what's going on with the Olympics. These guys are businessmen. And unlike someone in, and granted, I understand that the money they make is a lot more than almost everybody. But the bottom line is they're independent contractors. There's, I know there's a tour pension and, and all that stuff, but everything can go away, right? Look at like Jordan Spieth. Look at what Ricky is going through right now. You know, look at even Tiger for years. Even though he was set up, everything can go away super quick. And with a bigger income comes bigger bills, right? That, that, that whole NBA right. That whole NBA player mentality. I make 42 mil. What's a $10 million house? Nothing. Well, that's 25% of your overall income that you're ever going to make in your life. That's a mm -hmm. hell of a lot of money. Yeah, absolutely. You know, for people that don't know finances. So so there, there's my take on it real quick. Go ahead. Give us your third thing on it. So, by the way, Olymp so if you win a medal, by the way, in the Olympics, you do get paid. So do you remember who won the bronze medal? In the 2016 Olympics, yeah, Cooch. I actually know one, two, and I, I, About, I yeah, it's Cooch, Stenson, and then and then Rose. I, yeah. I just know that because. But you want to know why I know that? Because it hadn't happened in a hundred plus years. Right, exactly. So, if do you know how much Matt Kuchar got for winning the bronze medal? Uh, 120 grand. Uh, 15. Oh, okay. I thought it was a lot more. Yeah, no. I, I know. Look, there's some countries that do pay their athletes. Right. For medals. You know, do you know how much Matt Kuchar has earned in his career? Yeah, it's it's like 62 mil. It's stupid. So, again, it's not all about money, obviously. but it's well, obviously a it's not because he couldn't even pay his caddy. Yeah, but it's a little about money. And uh, it's not like this is going to make or break Dustin Johnson. Anyway, the third point I really wanted to make, though, is uh, – Who's a happens to be a member of his family who uh, Dustin Johnson's who's also like a world class athlete 
I mean, it could be Wayne Gretzky. It could be Wayne Gretzky, right? Uh, Wayne Gretzky played in the 1988 Olympics in, I believe it was Japan also. Um, Or maybe, I don't know, whatever, it doesn't matter. He played in the Olympics. So do you think that Dustin Johnson sort of made this decision like just independently of that? Or do you think he called up his father-in-law or someone who's essentially his father-in-law and said, hey, I got a question for you. I got this opportunity to play in the Olympics. I know you played. Is it really worth going? I I, kind of lean towards option B. And I feel like Wayne Gretzky told him, nah, it's not really worth it. Scott, Wayne Gretzky told me it wasn't really worth it. Oh, what's up, DJ? How you doing? See, Dan, I told you, you know, eventually DJ would check in. I Scott, I'm just so pumped because I'm finally here with DJ. Hey, it's what's gr- go what's going on, great. Dan? Where where you been? Well, I I'm I've been here the whole time, but usually when you show up, I have something to do. But this is this is fantastic. I know Scott usually handles these interviews, but I've got like so many questions for you. Uh yeah, so so ask me. Uh, well, okay. Uh, so first question: Why don't you want to go to the Olympics? Well, th- that's easy, Dan. I've already been there. Uh, I, DJ, when have you been to the Olympics? What do you mean when? Scott, what is this? How he normally is? Yeah, pretty much. I won the Olympics back in, like, 2018. (laughs) Uh, I I think you're referring to the the U.S. Open. Yeah. The United States Olympic Open. DJ, that's not not even a tournament, dude. Uh, I'm pretty sure I would know, Dan. I was there. I won. All right. Yeah, that that's usually where we move on. So, Scott, can you can you maybe talk some sense into this dude? No, no, that's just usually where we move on. So, where are I, going? uh, well, we're definitely not going to Tokyo, so Hey, listen. I went out to eat that night when I won, and they gave me a gold medal. This is true. That happened. I got it, Scott. I got it from the USGA. It's a gold medal. It says USGA, United States Olympic Golf Community, USGA. Yep. Those, Scott, those aren't even, Con- Scott, those aren't even the letters. I know. This is where we say congratulations on that, and uh, we, we move on. Oh, thanks. What else you guys got to ask? Scott, I don't know. I don't even have, I can't even fathom this man's train of thought well i did want to ask him about tiger woods and i know him i i know so uh we haven't really heard you know your opinion on the the terrible accident that he was in it was terrible yes 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 but uh you know are you hoping to see tiger back out on tour or no i'm not Uh, why not well because if he goes out on tour he could win and i like winning yeah, but don't don't you like the competition between Tiger? I mean, a man who has done so much for the golf community. Don't you love being out there and beating him? Uh, no. 
You know what I like about Tiger? Uh, no, what's up? Tiger gave me some of the best advice I've ever had. He told me pills make the bills go away. Okay. Sounds... And you, you believe this? Oh, sure. Anytime my wife says, DJ, did you spend $10,000 on a jet ski? DJ, did you just buy a $2.4 million car? I just take some pills. And then when I wake up, guess what? No more bills. Hmm. They, 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 Scott, they, Scott, do you, you feed into this man every time he comes on? I, I do try not to, but most of the time I just... Scott's my best friend. I just sort of go with it. Scott's the only interviewer that I let ask questions to me. Everyone else is a moron. I mean, that is basically true. DJ, what about what do you think about Nick Faldo? Scott, you ever ask him about Nick Faldo? No, it's the first time Nick Faldo's come up. I told you, the man is a moron. Is his name Scott? <laughs> no, it's it's Nick. Thank you, genius. He's a moron. So let me ask you another question, because we obviously, you know, we're talking about analysts, and we were talking about Brandel Chambly. What's and... the first, Scott? I'm not very smart. I'm not good at spelling. What are the first four letters of analyst? Uh, that would be A-N-A-L. That's what he is. Gotcha. 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 I didn't even know that's how you spelt it, honestly. <laughs> okay. Can you please use the word in a sentence? Dude, you gave us the word. I don't understand your questioning. So anyway, Brandel Chambly is not happy that you're not playing in the Olympics. Uh, how does that make you feel? Wait, he's happy I'm not playing? He doesn't seem happy, no. Oh, good. He's disappointed that you don't want to represent the United States of America. I don't care. Listen to me, man. As long as I'm making Brandel Chambly upset, I'm doing my job. If Brandel Chambly... What's his name? Brandel Chambly. That dude... If the Brandle man says that he would be happy if I stayed home, guess what I'm going to do? You're going to stay home. No, I'm going to go to the Olympics, Scott, because gotcha. I hate him. So I do the opposite. So if Brandon Chambly says I can't win this week, guess what I'm going to do? Uh, win. Yeah, I literally pick and choose whenever I want to win. That's how good I am. When I don't win, it's because I just don't feel like it, Scott. Well, I I think that's a good place to to you know wish you well this week, DJ, and thank you for coming on. Yeah, dude, this is Scott. This is insane. It's, it's completely like, it, insane. It's mind blowing. I'm trying to wrap my head around things you ask him and things he tells you. You're just not smart enough, Dan. That's the reason. I. I mean, uh, yeah, I guess so. Uh, DJ, can you give us maybe any word of advice before we let you go to salvage this semi-conversation that we've had? Dan, it's the smartest thing you've ever said. Let me tell you something. Who is 
the greatest Masters champ of all time? Scott, answer the question. Uh, I, well, I would have to say it's Jack Nicholas. Wrong. It's me, because I'm the Masters champ. Bye! And there can, we go. Can, can, can we agree to block that number? Uh, well, he calls you, so absolutely. I... Uh... I don't. I that hurt, my head hurts. Well, I, I definitely hear you. Well, hey, to all the people that have stuck with this episode for that long and have had to be put through DJ shenanigans yet again, we say thank you. It's first day of spring. Should either get busy golfing or get busy dying. Be good, everyone. Thank you.